0: all right welcome to fanatics football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate mette and terry what's up guys
1: what up? how's it going
0: what's up? All right, in today's episode, we're going to preview the NFC South division. We're going to take a look at a general fantasy preview for each position on this team. Uh, more well, more than one team, actually, the four teams in this division. Um, and then we'll just hop right into just a divisional preview at uh, different areas of each team. And then we'll sort of project out what we think for each team and their divisional record at the end. So let's just hop right into it. Um, I'm going to start uh, here with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Terry, let me just start with you. Just talk about the quarterback situation for them for fantasy.
2: Uh, easy situation, former Boston College product, still managed to have a decent year last year. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Matt Ryan. I believe he had over like 4,500 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, of course, he had 11 INTs. Uh, with that said, Matt Ryan's gonna be tested without a star wide out from going into this year. And I can easily see him being a relevant QB for fantasy, unless there are health concerns, knock on wood for that. But outside of that, I can see him being maybe a quarterback one, quarterback two in that range. And then if you're in the more, I believe, deep leagues, I want to say, no, shallower leagues, go quarterback two with this man.
0: Yeah, I think I can agree with that. He's sort of on that fringe range. Definitely going to keep an eye out for him in fantasy. Um, Just getting to the running backs, uh, Nate, let me get to you. Uh, What's the situation looking like in fantasy for Atlanta?
3: So um, I guess I'll start off by saying that the Falcons are generally a throw first team. So um, the running backs, um, it's going to affect them quite a bit because they're not going to have as many rush attempts as um, running backs from other teams. But I guess even with that, I'll talk about Mike Davis a little bit. Um, think last year he averaged 11.8 fantasy points per game, and that was a career high for him. Um, and I guess depending on how many rush attempts he gets on the Falcons, he should be able to get something close to that, or he might end up passing that again, considering that he's going to be um, the starter for the Falcons this year. Um, I think other running backs, for example, like um, Cordero Patter- Patterson, believe he's the RB2 for Atlanta this year. Um, for the most part they're not going to be um, that relevant unless uh, Mike Davis ends up getting an injury or he's re- resting for the week in that case you can maybe like get Cordero or another um, Atlanta running back off of the waiver.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think Patterson's one of those guys, they'll throw in at running back, they'll throw in at wide receiver. He's pretty much one of those guys, a special teamer too, so you can't really bank on him. So yeah, I think Mike Davis should be the guy there. And, and I'll just get to the wide receivers now. Um, just taking a look um, at Calvin Ridley first, uh, with the departure of Julio Jones, I mean, he's going to be the guy there, there's no question about it. Um, He's definitely a solid wide receiver one in fantasy and standard 12 team leagues. I believe he also has top five receiver upside. I feel like that if uh, Matt Ryan's consistently getting him the ball um, and he's getting touchdowns and so on, uh, he's been getting a lot of red zone looks every season. I definitely think that he can be a top five wide receiver. Obviously I wouldn't draft him there. I would draft him maybe around the seventh or eighth wide receiver and just look for potential upside from there. Uh, And then also look at Russell Gage. Uh, It's really uh, tough to say where he should be slotting in. I have his floor around wide receiver five, wide receiver six area. So I guess maybe in the 50 to 60 uh, type range uh, when you're drafting wideouts in fantasy. And then I guess he can sort of up his um, value from there, maybe get up to a solid flex option week to week like he was last season. Like Nate, you were saying it depends on how much they're going to throw. And then um, as for guys like Tajay Sharp, Frank Darby and others, I just really don't see them as really fantasy relevant. They probably should not be drafted and they probably should be on the waiver wire. And then uh, Mete, I'll get to you for the tight ends.
1: All right. So I only looked at one of their tight ends and it was Kyle Pitts. I mean, who else would I look at? Uh, He's one of the most tight tight ends that I can remember coming out of college. So uh, he's going to get to playing an offense that's loaded in weapons like you guys already talked about. Got Mike Davis as his running back, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage as his wide receivers, and Matt Ryan, a great quarterback who's throwing him the ball. So I believe he'll. that's going to help him during the, his rookie year. Uh, I believe he's being drafted as a top five tight end right now. And if you like taking risks early in the draft, uh, this might be the guy for you because his upside is unreal and he should definitely be a tight end one all year. Uh, Doesn't matter if you're in a shallow or deep league, I believe, but time will tell as he's a rookie and we don't know.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, with Kyle Pitts coming in, Hayden Hurst is probably just going to be more of a waiver wire option, I guess, in your opinion, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think he had the greatest year last season. And now that they have Pitts, it's probably going to get even worse for him.
0: Yeah, I think so. I probably wouldn't go out and draft him in, I guess, 12-team leagues. He's probably more of a guy that if he is producing, you can just grab him off the waiver wire. Um, Let's just move along uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Um, Matty, I'll just head right back to you. We'll talk about their quarterback situation for fantasy.
1: Yeah, so I looked at Sam Darnold Uh, after three disappointing seasons with the Jets. Sam Darnold gets a fresh start with a team that is more talented than any Jets team he's been on, I believe. So look for Darnold to have a bounce back here and be probably a top 20 fantasy quarterback, I believe. I think he should be a quarterback, too, in most leagues. And you'll probably uh, have him as a viable starting option against uh, favorable matchups.
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be heavily slept on heading into the season, I guess, depending on how he plays. He might become very valuable as the season goes along. Um, Terry, let me get to you next um, on the running back situation for Fantasy with Carolina. Christian
2: McCaffrey, that's the only guy you got to look at. Run CMC, only played three games last year, but in those games he averaged a significant amount of points. With that said, I mean, CMC is only 25 years old, and – He's a complete package at the running back position. Can catch a pass out in the backfield and then he can easily run it up through his secondary. Uh, At his current age, it's a no brainer to have him first overall for draft picks. Um, God forbid he does get injured though, knock on wood. Chuba Hubbard, I believe his name is. Uh, They ended up drafting him, I believe, in the fourth round, give or take. Came out of Oklahoma State. Uh, Back in 19, I think he had 13 games and had over 2,000 total yards, 21 touchdowns, and then 20. He had a couple less, but then he had at least seven hundred yards and six touchdowns in like about six games. So if he does go down, knock on wood again. Uh I feel like the Carolina Pants has got it covered a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um they had Mike Davis last year and I guess drafting Hubbard this year they should be okay. Um Nate, I'll just get to you now for the wideout situation for Carolina for fantasy.
3: Sure. So I guess for wide receivers, um I'll start with um, DJ Moore. I th- think that he's um, overall the best wide receiver on Carolina at the moment. I think this past season he averaged 11.9 fantasy points per game, and that was um, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And I, th- I think Sam Darnold he should be at least at the same level as Teddy Bridgewater, if not a little bit better. So. You can expect kind of like the same level of performance from DJ more this year. Um, I put him at like maybe like a wide receiver um, two, And I guess um, moving on to, uh, I guess, uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, I believe that Robbie Anderson had 11 fantasy points per game. So in a shallow league, maybe you could put him as like um, a wide receiver three um, I guess in a deeper league he might be a wide receiver too as well and I guess for um, their they have a starting wide receiver that's a rookie I believe um, what's his name Terrence Marshall Jr um, it's kind of hard to, to see um, where he's going to be so I guess it's kind of um, like if you like rookies, maybe you can kind of take him as a wide receiver three or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that um, Terrence, Mar- Terrence Marshall is going to uh, impact this team a little bit more than, I guess, David Moore, who they got from Seattle. So I think if you're looking for sort of a sleeper pick, like you said, that could potentially be a, a wide receiver three um, by the end of the season. Uh, yeah, Terrence Marshall is definitely a guy to look at. Um, and then I'll take a look at the tight end situation for fantasy with the Panthers. And I think it's pretty straightforward that there's not really a a viable option there. I wouldn't look there at all for fantasy options at the tight end position. They have Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas there. We've seen what Thomas has done in years past. He has not been productive since Greg Wilson left this team. Um, Dan Arnold, I mean, in Arizona, he was more of like a waiver wire type target, Uh, some weeks like he he's pretty much touched down or bust at this point I think he's probably going to be the same uh in Carolina um so I'd probably leave both of them on the waiver wire and if they do somehow become fantasy relevant then I would probably target them but or else I would just leave them there for now um and then let's move on now to the New Orleans Saints um this time Nate I'm gonna start with you um, just looking at the quarterback situation there for fantasy, I guess who do you project to be the starter for this team?
3: Um, I feel like I would put Jameis Winston as the starter. Um, I know that like in past seasons he's been known for um being a little bit um inconsistent compared to other starting quarterbacks. With um the whole, he tends to throw a little bit more interceptions than you would like, but even with that, he's still um, I still think he's pretty good. I think um, in 2019, when he was still at Tampa Bay, he averaged 19.1 fantasy points per game. So um, I think if they put him at like the starting quarterback, he should be somewhere around around there like maybe not like exactly 19. maybe he'd get like 18.5 or something like that. but I think that's still um, pretty decent. So I'd put him at like maybe like a quarterback two or something like that, and I guess for Taysom Hill, um, like Taysom Hill is probably gonna have the a similar role that he had, um, in previ- previous years where he kind of, you just kind of put him in any position and he can do that position. So, I guess um, if he's counted as a quarterback, I'm not sure how his stats are gonna be put onto fantasy, but. I guess if they count his um, stats from other positions, and as a quarterback, he might have value that way. But I guess maybe in like, like some deeper leagues, you could put him as a quarterback too. But I'd say like maybe wait a couple of weeks um, on the waiver wire, see if he's still available, and then pick him up there.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Taysom Hill is in like a couple formats, whether it was like CBS or ESPN, they actually put him at like tight end eligibility. So he was literally putting up quarterback numbers and you could slot him into your like tight end or flex spot. So I guess just keep an eye on that. Um, I know we mostly play Yahoo leagues. Um, I think we've dabbled in a couple other formats as well. Um, Definitely depending on the format you're playing, definitely go check out what Taysom Hill's position status is and definitely play him from there. I think it becomes more valuable if he sort of gets a tight end or or wide out eligibility. That that would definitely increase his value for fantasy. And um, I'll get to the Saints running backs now. Um, let me start with Alvin Kamara. Uh, let me just say that he needs to be drafted as an RB one. He needs to be drafted in the first round and, uh, whether you pick him uh, probably from the spots between two and five, I think in most leagues, um, he's one of those guys that, you know, if anything happens with Christian McCaffrey, he has number one overall upside. I believe he did finish with the most fantasy points for running backs at the end of last season. So definitely um, people, like, they don't, they don't know his role this coming year. They don't know who's going to be a quarterback, um, you know, the coaching style and all that. But I still think Alvin Kamara is pretty safe as it gets. I mean, he's one of those guys similar to McCaffrey who can do it in the rush game and in the receiving game. I, I really don't think you have anything to worry about with him. Um, I'll move then to the backup Latavius Murray. Um, I think he's a pretty solid RB4, potential flex option. Uh, depending on the week, uh, if they give him work. And then I guess um, if anything happens with Alvin Kamara, he immediately slots as potential RB1 value as an injury handcuff. So he definitely should be drafted in most formats, I think, just for that that high-end upside that he can receive. Um, and yeah, that's sort of what I have for the running back situation. So um, let me just get to you, Mette on the wide receivers.
1: Yeah, so... Let's start off with Michael Thomas, their main wide receiver, I believe. Uh, easily a top five wide receiver in my books. Like, don't let the Slant Boy memes deceive you as he's one of the best wide receivers in the game, I believe. And he should be our wide receiver one all season long, as long as he's healthy. And then the second guy I looked at was Traquan Smith. And now that Emmanuel Sanders is gone, it's time for Traquan Smith to step up. Uh, he's had three underwhelming seasons, and he's probably going to be their wide receiver two in New Orleans now. Uh, if you're in a deep league, you could honestly take a chance on him, and since he's elevated on the depth charts, and I believe for deep leagues, he'll probably be more of a wide receiver four, uh, maybe a flex option uh, it, against uh, favorable matchups. And then I looked at Kawam Baker, uh, he's a rookie out of South Alabama, and he was selected in the seventh round for the Saints. Uh, he's probably not going to be draft worthy in most leagues, maybe in dynasty leagues. So uh, I believe you should keep an eye out for him because outside of Michael Thomas, uh, the wide receivers in New Orleans are really weak. So I think by the end of the season, he can be their wide receiver three or maybe even wide receiver two if he's uh performing very very well so definitely keep an eye out on kawan baker
0: yeah there's definitely a lot of receivers he's got to pass on that depth chart though we'll definitely see how the coach sees him i mean there's guys like armstead Callaway, deontay harris and Juwan johnson and others uh, definitely that uh, could see um receptions uh, depending on their role but yeah i think you pretty much covered uh, all the fantasy relevant receivers and terry let me get to you now for the tight ends for the saints
2: as Mindy said, with Emmanuel Sanders gone to, I believe, Buffalo, somewhere, uh, that three spot just opens up to be who's going to take it. Uh, and I feel like Adam Troutman, he's the younger option down in Nola as a tight end, expecting him to be tight end one. And we know the story with tight ends in fantasy. So just keep in mind, when, he's going to be probably on the waiver wire when you go into week one, but he has the potential to be the third option down in Nola. Uh, on the team. So I would say probably easily a tight end, two if he does break out, but waiver wire at most. And then you got the second guy. I believe he's a former Bronco um, Nick Vannett. Uh Three year deal with the Saints this offseason. He's going to be a tight end, too, just because they're going to give the younger guy the chance. And I can easily see him just on the run plays for uh, the Saints this year. Keep him on the waiver wire.
0: Yeah, I think you pretty much just hit the nail on the head right there for the tight end situation. It's pretty much going to be Trotman. And then uh, Van more of a run blocker. I think I can agree with that. Um, let's just move now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, last year's Super Bowl champions. Let's look at what they have for fantasy. I'll definitely start there with the quarterback situation. And with Tom Brady, um, I know going into last season, uh, he was drafted as a borderline uh, QB1, QB2 in fantasy. I think maybe his value stays around there. Um, I think he's more of a solid uh, QB1 now uh, than he was last season. I I really don't think that um, with all the weapons around him, he's going to regress from that. So I think Draft Brady is a low-end uh, QB1, and I think you should be pretty much good to go there. Um, so uh, let me get to you now, Mete, on the running backs.
1: Yeah, so I looked at their two main running backs, the first one being Leonard Fournette. Fournette really turned it on during the Buccaneers Super Bowl run, especially in the Super Bowl. Uh, He had a great game, and then just expect him to have another great season now that he's more familiar with the system. And he's probably going to give you running back to production, I believe. Uh, Fournette is also a great pass catcher, so even though he's probably going to be splitting carries with Ronald Jones... Uh, I think he has more upside than Ronald Jones due to his receiving abilities. And then speaking of Ronald Jones, he was the second running back I looked at. Uh, Ronald Jones, I believe, had kind of a opposite season to Leonard Fournette. Uh, he was named the starting running back at the beginning of the year, and he had great performances at the start. And then, like, during the end of the regular season, he started losing more touches to Fournette. So... Even during the playoffs, he lost a lot of touches to Fournette, but he still got 10-plus carries, I believe, in all the games, and he was still really solid. So he'll probably be more of a running back three or flex option, I think. And I believe uh, the two running backs in Tampa will be fantasy viable because they should be winning out a lot of their games. So uh, once when you're winning games and you want to run out the clock, you just give the ball to the running back. And so Ronald Jones is probably going to get 10 plus carries, uh, this season as well.
0: Yeah. I think you pretty much just hit it right there. Um, Ronald Jones, he's more of the uh, first and second down back four net second, third down kind of guy, pass catcher, both going to be fantasy relevant. Both should be drafted in almost every league possible. Um, yeah, I can totally agree with that. And then, uh, Terry, just getting to you for Tampa's receivers for fantasy.
2: There've got to be a ton of receivers you look at when it comes to fantasy. Uh, first off, let's go with Mike Evans. He had an impressive career of stats in the NFL, had at least seven seasons with over 1,000 yards receiving. Last year, the town is better. QB put Mike Evans in a couple games where the touchdown had to save his fantasy week. But that's what happens when you got. Uh, that quarterback behind center easily Mike Evans, wide out one, wide out two range. Chris Godwin had the agent's bet as well as we all know, and it kind of put a dent in his productions compared to having James Winston down at center. Uh, but you can also explain it by missing a couple games last year. With that said, it's going to be hard to draft some of the Bucks QB really high on your draft board unless. You expect some of these guys to, like, miss a couple games uh, due to injury. Knock on wood for that, as always. And then you got A-B. Uh, if you expect the old A-B from the Steelers, uh, temporary expectations, as I always say, I suggest to uh, keep an open mind that he will be a slot receiver on the Bucks, and he will have excellent weeks as a flex option for fantasy. And then if you look at Scotty Miller, um, as I said before, if the injury bug hits Florida, easily – uh slot them in as a wide out three, maybe even a flex option. And honestly, if that doesn't happen, leave them on the wave a while.
0: Yeah, I think that all three should be fantasy relevant. How fantasy relevant will definitely be the question. Um yeah, like you pretty much said it, um, you know, a guy like Evans, proven track record, Chris Godwin he didn't have as many receptions last season. Hopefully he'll be more healthy and then a B hopefully he'll get back to his old self. And uh, Nate, I'll just finish with you on the Tampa Bay uh, tight end situation for fantasy.
3: My bad. Uh, So yeah, Tampa Bay, they have a pretty good tight end situation. They both, they have uh two really good tight ends in Rob Gronkowski and in OJ Howard. Um, I think, uh, Gronkowski, he got 7.9 fantasy points per game and OJ Howard, he averaged eight, but he only played four games cause he ended up having a season ending injury. So, um, I think for, um, Gronkowski, you can probably draft him at maybe I'd say like a high, a high ranking, like T uh, tight end two, or, a uh, maybe like a low-ranking tight end one, depending on uh, what kind of league you're in. And for OJ Howard, if you're in a deep league, you might be able to take him as a tight end too. If you're in a shallow league, you might be able to take him off the waiver wire in maybe like the first couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's pretty tough to project this offense. I think as a whole, whether it's running backs, receivers, tight ends, because we really don't know uh, who's going to be getting all the targets. I guess the bottom line from this Tampa Bay team for fantasy is Tom Brady is going to be getting you fantasy points because he has so many options to throw to at this point, no rushing upside, but he doesn't need it with how well, uh, how good of a passer he is. So um, let's just use that as a way to sort of do our division preview now and let's get right into quarterbacks. Uh, let me start with you, Mete. Um, just sort of rank out the quarterbacks in this division, I guess um, in, in an order
1: all right so quarterback i went number one tampa bay i mean do i really have to explain why i picked tom brady i mean he's the best quarterback of all time that's all i say number two i went with atlanta uh matt ryan he's still a great quarterback even though he's getting up there in age uh quarterback is one of those positions where we've seen a lot of the older players still put up great numbers and matt ryan is one of those guys and i feel like no matter what the circumstances matt ryan's always putting up great numbers for the falcons if they're bad or good so he's always dependable in my opinion number three i went with new orleans this was kind of hard uh picking between new orleans and carolina but honestly i like Jamie winston over sam darnold and even if it's taysom hill as a starter Uh, Last season, he proved that uh, they can still get the job done with him. And I believe they lost like one game when Breeze was out without, uh, yeah, without Breeze. I think they lost only one game. So he still got it done. And then Carolina was fourth for me. Uh, It's kind of hard to put uh, Carolina higher than fourth as their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold. He's yet to put up a 20 plus touchdown season and he's yet to throw for more than 3,024 yards. So I know he's missed games in uh, all three seasons and that's why his stats are kind of low, but still, uh, those are some concerning numbers in my opinion.
0: All right, Nate, I'll get to you next. I guess, uh, what are your quarterback rankings for this division?
3: So I had, um, I also had the Bucks at one because it's Tom Brady. I think he basically got – he has, like, seven rings, if I remember correctly. Um, nobody else in the NFL has that. And, uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Brady at number one. There's not really too much to be said there. And I also had uh, the Falcons at number two. Um, Matt Ryan, he's still a really – um, good quarterback. He can uh, throw the ball really well. I guess um, what you said, Mate, about um, quarterbacks being really age friendly. I agree with that. Especially um, if you're a pass-heavy quarterback, you can always have um, you can always have a good season if you're a pass-heavy um, quarterback, even if you're like in your late 30s. So, I put um, Matt Ryan at number two. And Saints at number three, um, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. They're both really um, good, but but I'm not sure if I would put them over Matt Ryan. I wouldn't put them over Tom Brady. And for the Panthers, I also have them at four. Um, It's kind of like what Mete said about Sam Darnold being a little bit unproven. I think he's better than maybe what we're expecting it's just that he's never really had a proper um team around him to kind of use the Jets did um draft him expecting him to be kind of like a franchise quarterback that could kind of um lead them somewhere but unfortunately the Jets weren't able to build the proper team around him and it just didn't really pan out so hopefully Sam Darnold has a good season but we'll have to see
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. And then, Terry, just getting to you for your QB rankings.
2: QB rankings, probably one of the easier ones that we had to do in general. Bucks, I mean, go ahead. Try to make an excuse to say Brady's not the best in this division. I'll buy you a beer if you find a way. But (laughs) uh, Brady, easily the best. Second, Falcons, Matt Ryan. I mean, he's a timeless vet. He he's a great uh how should i say this he's a great f- field general not having to rely on his feet and honestly i'll keep him ahead of the two other quarterbacks that are the starters for their respective teams same to have at three uh i was about to say Teddy Bridgewater but uh oh my
0: James God. Winston <laughs> thank
2: you uh honestly i have a higher ceiling for him compared to Sam Darnold um and I'll explain why later on to this podcast. But honestly, I got Saints three, Panthers four at this rate.
0: Yeah, I think we're all pretty much in agreement here. I also have the Bucks at number one. Tom Brady, obviously, seven rings. The you know he's just able to put up numbers even at his age. Um, Falcons at two. Matt Ryan, former MVP. Uh, someone mentioned good field general. I think that was you, Terry. Um, yeah, definitely um, a guy that that can still run an offense very efficiently. Got Saints at three. I mean, they have Jameis Winston. If it doesn't work out with him, they have Taysom Hill. So they have solid backup as well. Um, So I have no issues with them. And then Panthers at four, just because we don't know what we're going to get out of Sam Darnold. Like someone mentioned, I think it was you, Nate, that with the Jets, he just didn't make it work. So um, yeah, we don't know what he's going to look like in this Panthers offense. Um, And then I guess moving to skill positions now, this time, Terry, let me just start with you. Um, I guess um, for skill positions, um, how do you see this division shaping up?
2: Obviously, first, you got to go with the Bucks. They've accumulated so much talent over these past couple of years, whether it's drafted or just picking them up from free agency. I don't even need to go through the names because uh, it's just, I would say a mute point or a moot point or however they say it. Second, I got the Saints. Uh, AK41, easily one of the better dual threat running backs in this league. Uh, no questions about that and as Mente said slant boy Michael Thomas um, he is one of the better wideouts let's not disagree to that and we can easily put him at the top five same way AK41 Alvin Kamara Falcons they have tremendous wideouts let's not uh, hold them against that I believe they have guys like uh, Calvin Redley Russell Gage I think Christian Blake's on the team now and they just signed Kyle Pitts this offseason as their first-round draft pick. And then you got, got guys like Mike Davis, who had an interesting year for Carolina last year. And then fourth, I put uh, Carolina, no disrespect to these guys. They're tremendous. I just feel like something's missing on this team, whether it be at tight end looking for that key guy to help out, or one of those wide to just take another step and hopefully Sam Darnold can help with that and just to summarize the names DJ Moore Robbie Anderson CMC
0: yeah for sure um let me get to you next Mette, on the skill positions uh how do you see this division shaping up
1: all right so I actually went a different route than Terry we have the same number one in Tampa Bay like he said it's very obvious they're very stacked at all the skills positions they honestly might have like the best uh skills position in the league with their names. And then number two, I actually went with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Mike Davis, I'm a big fan of his. When McCaffrey was hurt, he had uh, amazing games. And so I think he's going to have a breakout year. Like Terry said, Ridley and Gage, I really like those two young wide receivers. And they even brought in uh, return specialist Cordero Patterson. And like Nate was talking about, He said he's listed as a running back. You don't even know if he's going to run the ball or he's going to be playing wide receiver. He's so versatile, and they can even use him as a decoy. And uh, they also drafted one of the most hyped tight ends in Kyle Pitts. And then number three, I went with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They've got two great receivers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. They picked up rookie Terrence Marshall, who we talked about. Uh, Christian McCaffrey we said he can run he can catch he's the complete package and they're just missing a tight end and number four I have New Orleans honestly this might be kind of controversial to everyone but outside of Kamara and Michael Thomas I really don't like their uh, playmakers I believe they need more depth but those two are very good as we know
0: yeah. It might be a little bit controversial, but yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, and I think you've been watching a little too much basketball because I heard Atlanta Hawks in there. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Nate, let me just get to you now for skill positions.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess for like Hawks, isn't there like um some, some team in like almost every league with the word Hawks in it. So <laughs> pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, um, for skill position i looked at um both wreck and rush totals but um there's not really a clear um winner because uh, one team is going to be really good at one thing and not as good at the other so it's like if you kind of looked at both they look um kind of like evenly matched in a sense but um even with that i still put the bucks at one i think they're the deepest roster in this um, division. They have good players at pretty much every position. So they're not gonna be um, starving for talent this season. So I put them at one. Um, Saints, I still um, kind of like the Saints. um, So I put them at two. I think they had the highest um, rush totals in the division. Uh, I think in terms of reception, um, they're they're pretty low, but um, I guess it, compared to the rest of the league, it wasn't too bad. So there is that, and I guess the Panthers. I put them at third. Um, they're pretty much um, in the middle. They're seconds in rush totals, and they're third in receptions and. I put the Falcons at fourth. They're kind of like in a similar situation to the Panthers where um, they're kind of in the middle in both um, rushing and receptions. Falcons are a little bit better in terms of um, receptions, but a little bit worse in terms of rushing and compared to the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I think I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as you. I also have the Bucs at number one. Um, you guys talked about the weapons. Obviously, you got Jones and Fournette at the running back spot. Uh, you got Evans, Godwin, AB, Scotty Miller, and others at the receiver spot. And then you got uh, Gronk, uh, OJ Howard, and Cameron Braid at the tight end position. That's number one in my books. Uh, number two, I also have the Saints like you, Nate, um, you know, just looking at the guys that they have, um, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray at running back, along with even Taysom Hill at running back. Uh, you got Michael Thomas, Trey smith uh, uh, Deontay Harris, uh, Taryn Armstead, whoever they put at wide receiver, they're still going to catch the ball uh, just by watching this team. And then at tight end, obviously, Nick Vannett, Adam Trotman. Uh, we'll see what happens with the tight ends. Um, I mean, they might not be better than other teams in this division, but uh, still a decent uh, tight end pair. So I have the Saints at number two. Um, and then Nate, yeah, I also have the Panthers at number three. I believe they have the best skill position player in this division in Christian McCaffrey. So um, I think that puts them at third for me. Um, Definitely uh, with their wideouts, having guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, and David Moore. And then looking at their tight ends, like we mentioned with Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas, we don't know how much we can rely on them. But at least they have two guys, so that's pretty decent there. Um, Fourth, I have the Falcons. Obviously losing Julio Jones was a big blow to this team. Um, At running back, um, someone mentioned Cordell Patterson backing up Mike Davis. Uh, It is possible that he gets a lot of rushes. And then for receiver, you got guys like Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Frank Darby, Tajay Sharp, guys like that. Um, It's pretty decent. Not a lot of depth, though. And then for tight end, Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst, uh, one of the deeper tight end cores in this division. But I still do have them at number four. All right, let's just get to the offensive lines now um this time nate i'm going to start with you i guess uh what do you rank the offensive lines in this division
3: so for um offensive line i looked uh, mostly at sacks allowed and um i guess in that category the uh, bucks are first saints are second panthers are third and the falcons are fourth yeah
0: i think that one of the reasons the Bucs won the super bowl is because of how dominant their offensive line was um but actually uh, when i took a look at it i actually have the saints at number 1 i have the bucks at number 2 i have the falcons at 3 and i have the panthers at 4 i just think for the saints i mean this team uh, they just been so solid um you know uh different guys they have here uh I think you say uh, Ramsick Ryan Ramsig He's been so solid. Eric McCoy, uh, one of the best young centers in the game. Uh, you got uh, Teron Armstead. You got uh, uh, different guys here um, that can really um, play well on the offensive line. And they just drafted a couple guys too, so I'm not even worried about this team. Um, and then I guess just looking um, into the the box offensive line. Yeah, um, I know you talked about them playing really well. Guys like Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen and Donovan Smith and others. Um, they're just really solid. Um, they also added some pieces there in the draft as well. So I'm not even worried about this team as well. I think they are number two. Um, I have the Falcons at three, uh, mostly because of Jake Matthews and how solid he's been over the years. I think he's one of the best left tackles in the division, if, if not uh, pretty underrated in the NFL Um, And then I guess uh, the rest of their line, uh, they have some young guys coming up that I think that are going to be playing pretty solid for them. So I definitely have them at number three. And then I have the Panthers at number four, just because I just didn't really like what I saw from them last season. Um, They have the potential to get better, obviously, but I still think that they are the worst uh, in this division, in my opinion. And then, uh, Terry, let me get to you on offensive lines.
2: Yeah, honestly, I think you and me, I think had almost the same exact uh, reasoning. Uh, for the Saints, I believe they have tremendous tackles, as you already said, their names, and they have one of the better centers in the league, probably league being a top 10 guy. Uh, the question for me, honestly, is can those guards develop for the Saints? And going on to the Bucks, all five of their O-linemen are, are going to come back, and they drafted some key depth pieces behind them as well. Uh, main question for them, Ryan Jensen, in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. And then you got Falcons, they had a tremendous O line eventually when they were in the Super Bowl, but eventually it tempered off. Uh, question is who's gonna replace Alex Mack as he did lead for the 49ers? And to summarize, their tackles are reliable, and I believe their youth team is Philip with Carolina. Um, there's a lot of fresh faces here. And I believe their projected starters are kind of playing below average. So unless they step it up, they'll be one of the worst O-lines in the league.
0: And then just getting to you, Matt, to your ranking on the offensive lines.
1: Yeah, I got the same exact rankings in the Orleans. Number one, like you guys said, uh, they need better guard play, but they're one of the best o- offensive lines in the league. And then Tampa Bay was number two for me. Again, again, another great offensive line unit. Uh, When you have an immobile QB and Brady, you got to invest in the offensive line, and they do a great job protecting him. Uh, Terry talked about Ryan Jensen needing to improve. I think Alex Kappa needs to play better as well at right guard. And then number three for me was the Falcons, uh, one of the weaker offensive lines in this league but they have hope as they have a lot of rookies in their O-line. So hopefully those rookies come to play and they pan out. And then number four was Carolina. I think they were ranked maybe the worst offensive line unit last year or like near the worst. And then they only had one reliable starter in Taylor Moten. I think that's how you say the name. And... Uh, they don't have as many rookies as Atlanta, so they'll probably stay fourth.
0: Yeah, I think they were near the bottom of the league somewhere. It was between them and the Giants for sure. I think we're like pretty much at the bottom. Um, let's just get now to the defensive front sevens. Um, this time I'm gonna start, uh, and I'll say Tampa Bay's number one for me. Just looking at some of the pieces that they have, obviously, and sue Canseco Vea, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, Levante David, Shack Barrett. Like this team, they're they're just so solid. They like uh, someone said they brought back all their starters from the Super Bowl. I mean, you need this kind of front seven to terrorize quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes was pretty much running for his life the entire Super Bowl. So this. Front seven has to be number one. Um, For number two, I have the New Orleans Saints. They have a lot of good pieces. There are a lot of Pro Bowl and all pro-level talent in Cam Jordan, um, Marcus Davenport, uh, Demario Davis. I mean, you can just go down the list. I know they did lose a couple pieces, but I think they are still pretty solid, good enough to be second uh, in this division. And then for number three, um, I have the Atlanta Falcons. uh, Just because of guys um, like Grady Jarrett, Uh, like Dante Fowler, who they got from the Rams. Uh, Dion Jones has always been solid for them. And uh, yeah, they have some good pieces. Uh, They bring in uh, Mingo from uh, Chicago and Copeland from New England. That's two other good pieces that could play well for them. So they are getting there in their front seven. Their run defense was better than their secondary last year. So um, definitely see uh, what Atlanta can do this year. And I have the Panthers at fourth uh, just because I – Outside of Brian Burns, I just really didn't like what I saw out of this uh, front seven last year. Um, I just think that they have a lot of improvements to make, Um, you know, uh, whether it's through the draft. I know they took a couple guys uh, there in the draft, but uh, they need to have some type of improvement. Uh, They are underrated, I can say, but I still am not confident to put them above any of the other three teams. Uh, uh, This time, Terry, I'll, I'll get to you now for the front sevens.
2: That's all me. Uh, anyways, I think we can all agree on the Bucks have one of the tremendous front sevens in this league. And having said that, the guys that hunker down in these positions I mean, Donald McKenzie, Sue, Shaquille Barrett, and the potential of Vita Vey being healthy I mean, that's already scary enough. And then when you go to the linebacker core, you got guys like Levante David and Devin White. Enough said. Um, with the Saints, yes, Trey Hendrickson did leave for Cincinnati for his money but I feel like they'll rely on Marcus Davenport and he might have a bounce back year on the defensive line with guys like, as you already said, Cameron Jordan, the Mario Davis star of this linebacker core, and then they're going to have to rely on Pete Warner, Werner, I believe. Caroline, no, I got it at third. Um, Brian Burns, as you said, some guys down in Charlotte may say he's going to become an elite pass rusher. And when you look at their linebacker core, I feel like, uh, guys like Shaq Thompson, they're a nice piece from that Luke Kuechly age. Unfortunately, when he you are the guy that is second to Luke Kuechly, everyone's going to hone in on you when he leaves. So, unfortunately, he had some subpar years, but hopefully it's going to pick it up for guys like, uh, I believe, Patty Fisher. Hopefully he can develop into something so we can help out with Shaq Thompson there. And then down in the ATL, I believe Grady Garrett, he is the bright spot on the defensive line. Um, hope for guys that to improve from last year uh, and then when you look at the linebacker court, Deion Jones I believe he had kind of a poor year Uh, not even a poor year, tell me when he hasn't had a poor year, I'll buy you a shot for, for you if that's the case anyways, it's outside of that <laughs> hopefully some of the youngsters can help him out in the Lemon Pepper territory so we'll figure out what goes on down in the Atlanta this year
0: Yeah, I think I might disagree because that run to the Super Bowl, he was pretty dominant. But uh, I'll just get to you, um, Mete, this time, I guess, on the front sevens.
1: Yeah, I got the same rankings as Terry. Number one was Tampa Bay for me. You guys already went over the names. They're probably uh, top three in terms of front seven in the league. And then New Orleans was second for me. Uh, You guys went over the names again. Uh, I think the addition of Pete Werner uh, for their linebackers should really help them. And then Carolina was third for me. I do agree with you, James, saying that Brian Burns is the only reliable piece they have right now in the front seven, but uh, for me, what it came down to was they've got a lot of younger guys in their uh, front seven, even in their secondary. They're just a young defense in general, so I I like youth and I think they'll improve this season. And then for me, fourth was Atlanta. Uh, Grady Jarrett is like the only reliable piece they have, I think. Uh, Honestly, uh, no. Uh, Dante Fowler is good too, but he had a really rough 2020 season, so they need a better season from him.
0: Yeah, I think I can uh, agree with that, that the Falcons definitely need to be better. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you now for your front sevens.
3: All right, so for front sevens, I guess my list is going to be a little more controversial. So I looked at uh, opposing rush yards, uh, opposing rush touchdowns, sacks, tackles, forced fumbles. Um, I actually put the Falcons first. Um, In terms of, I guess like the main reason why is um, they were really good at... Um, sacks and they were really good at um, force fumbles. Probably if you didn't um, take a look at that, they'd probably be third or something. but the bucks are second only because they did a little bit lower in terms of sacks and like combined tackles. But again, if you didn't look at that, they'd probably be like first or something. And I put the Saints third and the Panthers fourth.
0: Yeah, I think Nate just kind of furthered my point on the Falcons that Grady Jarrett was pretty dominant last year uh, in terms of sacks, forced fumbles, and all that. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't put the Falcons at first, but I think that we're kind of sleeping on them a little bit. They are definitely getting better, and I think that uh, they should have a solid front seven for next season. Um, getting to the secondary, uh, this time, Mette, I'm going to start with you. I guess, what do you see the secondary looking like in this division?
1: Yeah, so again, I went with Tampa Bay 1, great defense, one of the better secondaries in the league with Antoine Winfield Jr. Outside of him, it's really not the flashiest names in their secondary, but those guys get the job done. So uh, number two, I had New Orleans. Uh, They also have a great secondary, I believe, Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I know he's been struggling lately, but uh, he's very solid and he'll probably rebound, I think. And then they have a great safety duo in Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams. So that really helps their secondary out. Uh, Third, I went with Carolina again. uh, It's probably an underrated secondary right now. They just spent a first-round pick on JC Horn. They picked up AJ Boye. And they also have a great safety in Jeremy Chin, who's heading into his sophomore year, I believe. So They've got a young defense, will probably improve. And then for fourth, I went with Atlanta again. I believe they're one of the worst secondaries in the league. Uh, There's not much to say as they lost Demonte Monte Casey and Keanu Neal. They're starting safeties, I believe. So that's kind of rough on them. They do, however, have a couple of rookies, I noticed, in their depth chart. So hopefully the rookies come to play and uh, they help out the Falcons secondary.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nate, let me get to you now. Um, I, I guess your outlook for secondary in this division.
3: So for secondaries, I looked at opposing uh, QB completion, um, interceptions, and touchdowns based off an interception. So based on that, um, I put the Saints first, uh, the Bucks second, Falcons third, and the Panthers fourth. Um, I think the Saints—they just had um, a really good, I guess, overall secondary just based on those stats, and kind of the same thing uh, with the Bucks, with the exception of I guess opposing QB completion. I guess they just weren't—they weren't trying to go like full playoff mode, so maybe that's that's why um, the QB completion wasn't maybe as high as this. As the Saints were, and for the um, for the Falcons, I guess the good news is they don't have like any like extremely big weaknesses. If but they don't have any really good strengths either, so they're like third in all three categories. So there's that. And um, the Panthers, they're like good in opposing QB completion, but they're not that great in anything else. So put them at fourth.
0: Yeah, I think my list is pretty similar to yours. I also had the Saints at number one. Obviously, Mete, you mentioned the names. uh, Guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Patrick Robinson, Malcolm Jenkins, guys like that, really solid. Um, Obviously, you mentioned that Lattimore didn't have his best season, but I think both of the safeties, both Jenkins and Williams, played really well. Uh, So I definitely think that they can be the best secondary in this division. I also put Tampa Bay at number two. I like what you guys said about uh, the playmakers here Antoine Winfield Jr., Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Jordan Whitehead. They all played really well last season, helped this team win a Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, Nate, instead, I have the Panthers at number three. Um, I just like what they're doing here. Guys like Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin. They drafted JC Horn this year. They also brought in AJ Boyer. I know he's not in his prime anymore, but he's still a good piece uh, to put there. So uh, uh, Justin Burris was also uh, a good pickup for them as well. So I definitely like what they're doing here. Now their secondary, uh, I know the stats, Nate, you said they weren't great, but I, from watching them, I didn't think they were as bad as the stats say. And I'm going to put the Falcons at fourth just because of the guys that uh, Mette, you mentioned, had left. Uh, I mean, A.J. Terrell really needs to pan out for this team's first-round draft pick from last season. They also drafted Richie Grant and Avery Williams in this year's draft. So if they can get guys like that, I'm um, also bringing in Daron Harmon from Detroit, he's pretty decent safety. So um, pairing them with a guy like Kendall Sheffield, they might be able to form a decent secondary, but I still have them. At number four, and uh, Terry, now I'll just get to you on secondaries.
2: Honestly, I couldn't go the way of Nathan, but I did go the way of Mente when I came to ranking these secondaries. Uh, Bucks first, Saints second, Panthers third, and then I had to put Falcons at fourth for reasons both of you meant Mente had. Um, just going over the Bucks real quick, they had a tremendous secondary from last year. Only criticism you can put on is Sean Murphy bunting, but they have so much depth that db that you or cb whatever you want to call it uh that they won't have to worry uh questions in nola eventually they won't have to address it but they do have a decent uh secondary just to hold off the other two teams in the division they i believe had a third round pick and they took paulson and dabo adobo however you want to say it. uh he's replacing janoris jenkins who did ship sale to tennessee and then as I believe Mente said, Marcus Williams is the bright spot of the secondary. Um, let's go to the Panthers. I mean, you got a young secondary down in Charlotte. Uh, you guys mentioned the name. Tony Pride as well on that team as well. Deontay Jackson. Uh, hopefully, Chen can produce uh, for the team and be the bright spot for this team for the upcoming year. Falcons. I mean, everyone got the boot from last year and they basically repainted the whole house with like some rookies and some vets, uh, Eric Harris, Daron Harmon. Those are the vets who are going to have to mentor guys like agent Terrell, Isaiah Oliver, and I believe Kendall Sheffield down in the So good luck to them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, Isaiah Oliver was not very good for them, but I think he's still young. I think he can definitely improve. So I like that you mentioned him as well. I'm getting into special teams. Uh this time uh Meti, I'm gonna start with you. Um I guess uh which uh teams do you like better here?
1: Yeah, so for special teams, I won with New Orleans at one. Uh they were one of the better special teams units from last season. I think they were top ten. Uh they have one of the better kickers, I think, in Will Lutz. Uh I think it was a year or two ago where he made this really clutch kick on Monday night football against the Texans. And then Deontay Harris is going to be their kick and punt returner, so we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Carolina, I went with at number two. I think they had an average special teams unit from last season. Uh, Their kicker was Jason Sly, and he was really solid for them. And you were talking about David Moore, their new acquisition. He's going to be their kick returner, so let's see how he does for them. And then Atlanta was third for me on uh, special teams. They weren't ranked so high last season in special teams, but I believe they have one of the best kickers in the league, in young Wake, who I think he led the league in terms of points or something like that. And then they have uh, rookie Avery Williams. He's going to be returning punts and kicks for them. And then for fourth, I went with the Buccaneers. Uh, They were ranked bottom eight in terms of special teams last season. And they do have Ryan Suckup as their kicker, who I believe was one of the better kickers a few years ago. But I think he's more on the average uh, term now. And then Scotty Miller is going to be returning punts for them. So he should help out the special teams unit, hopefully.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think I want to... A little bit different direction than you. Um, I mean, I also had the Saints at, at number one, just because, like you mentioned, Will Lot's a solid uh, kicker. Um, and then uh, you mentioned Deontay Harris as your uh, punt and kick returner. Um, you also got uh, Taysom Hill on there uh, for the special team. He's one of the best special teamers in the league. I don't think we can argue that. He can play pretty much any position on special teams, so I definitely like them at number one. Uh, For number two, I actually had the Atlanta Falcons. I definitely like what they've done here with their special teams. Uh, Yangwe Koo, you mentioned, a pro bowler last season, uh, really solid. Um, And then for punting and kick returning, I actually expect Cordero Patterson to be their punt returner or kick returner, and uh, we know he's been to the Pro Bowl uh, for that. Um, and I, I expect him, I know Avery Williams is projected, but I, I, I think they're going to mix Patterson in there. Um, there's no way I could have a team with Patterson on it uh, any lower than number two, because uh, what a difference maker he can be on special teams. Um, and then I have the Bucks at number three. Uh, I think they are still pretty solid. Um, I definitely like some of the guys there, Ryan suck up, but he made some clutch kicks in the playoffs. Um, and then their punter uh, Pinyon, uh he played really solid. Um, and then, um, getting to punt and kick returners, uh, Scotty Miller, obviously Tyler Johnson had some really good runs last year on the special teams. I really like what he did. So I definitely have them at number three. And then at number four, um, I have the Carolina Panthers and I think it's mainly just because, uh, I mean, Joey Sly, I mean, he was decent. I didn't really see an amazing season from him. Uh, David Moore just coming in. Uh, I know he was decent with Seattle. We don't know what we're going to get joseph charlton as their punter i'm also not 100 percent sold on him so i do have them at number four but uh, nate let me get to you now um for special teams
3: so for special teams um this time around i looked not just at field goal made but also punt return average yards kick return average average yards and then average yards for punting um so i guess with um all of that put together i put the Falcons um, first and the Saints second I think um for like the totals for these um they were actually tied so it's pretty much just a toss-up so it's pretty much down to do you like the kicker down in the Falcons or do you like the kicker down in the Saints and for um the Panthers and the Buccaneers it's pretty much the same story they're more or less, um, tied in terms of, um, special teams, I guess, totals. So, uh, at least in terms of kickers. So it kind it comes down to, do you like the kicker in Carolina more, or do you like the kicker, um, in Tampa Bay more? So I ended up putting, um, Carolina over the bucks.
0: Yeah. I think in terms of those two teams, the kicking is pretty similar. You can go either way. And, uh, Terry, uh just getting to you, I guess, for the special teams.
2: Special teams, I had Falcons at one, Saints at two, Panthers at three, and then Bucks at four. Um first with the Falcons, you got Young Ho, who cool, I believe his name is, I probably butchered that. But then you also got Avery Williams, who is going to be returning your punting and kick returns. He did tremendous down in Boise State. I believe he averaged like 15 for a punt and then 20 for like kick returns. So that's nice. Um and Maybe he learns from Cordell Patterson, as you guys have been saying. I believe for the Saints, uh, don't really got to say that much for Will Lutz. Uh, He's a great kicker. Uh, Honestly, I rank him higher than Young Ho a majority of the times, but then that's probably me because of fantasy reasons. Um, For kick returns, I believe they got Deontay Harris. Uh, He's a tremendous kick returner. I believe 27 average and then for the punts, I believe it's around 12, 13 yards. And then I got David Moore, Trent Canyon, and then Joey Slive with the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't know. There's something with David Moore and Trent Canyon that anytime I see him on the special teams that they stand out more compared to Scott Miller and then Tyler Johnson, even though Tyler Johnson does have amazing runs with the Bucs on the special teams. But that's just my opinion in general.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with a lot of the points you put there. Um, let's just get into coaching now. Um, I guess uh, Nate, I'll I'll start with you. I guess what did you use to grade uh, your coaches?
3: Um, I guess for coaches, um, instead of looking at the team's record, I guess, for this past season, I kind of just kind of, I looked at kind of what's the kind of what some are some what are some impressive things that they've kind of done. So I guess for the the Bucks, for example, they just won the Super Bowl. So, um, I guess if you if you like recency bias, you can put the the Bucks first. And the Saints, they're I think they're arguably the best uh, team, at least in terms of like history. Like for example, like the Drew Brees era, they're always a really solid team. So I put them at second. The Falcons, I put them third. Um, They were a really good um, playoff team. They've had some deep runs. They made it to the Super Bowl. They played against the Patriots. Unfortunately, they weren't able to win, but um, they are really solid, so I put them at third. And for the Panthers, just like overall, I guess like kind of what are some impressive things that they've done. I wouldn't put them like over any of those three teams, so I put them at fourth.
0: Yeah, um, Terry, let me get to you next. Um, I guess, what do you see in terms of coaches for this division?
2: Coaches for the division, uh, one, two, I got to put Sean Payton and then, I believe, uh, Bruce Arians. And then at three, uh, I think I got to go with, for some reason, I want to go with Matt Ruley, if that is the Panthers head coach. And then fourth, I got to go with, um, I believe his name is Arthur Smith. I think he just got signed. So that honestly, that is my one through four, and this time I actually remembered all the head coaches' names. If I,
0: could. but yeah, yeah, um, I think I can agree with mostly uh, your your uh, reasoning. Um, I have the Saints at number one, obviously because Sean Payton's still there from the Super Bowl era, uh, like Nate mentioned, um, and all the success with Drew Brees and all of that. Um, I have the Bucks at two, obviously Bruce Arians, Super Bowl champion. Uh, You know the deal. Um, Number three, I have Carolina. Um, Matt Rule did a good job building the team last year. I think they are still going to improve. How much they're going to improve, I don't know. Um, But at least he has uh, more experience than number four, who I have is Arthur Smith. First time being a head coach for the Falcons. We don't know what what he's going to look like or how it's going to turn out. So for now, I have him at number four. Um, And then, Matty, I'll just get to you.
1: Yeah, I have the same exact ranking as uh, you and Terry. So I went New Orleans at one. Like Nate was saying, during the Drew Brees era, the Saints were really good. They probably missed the playoffs only a handful of times. And it seemed like they were always there and contenders. And then number two, I went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians just won the Super Bowl, like we said. Uh, outside of that, in Arizona, he didn't really get the job done. He got close, and then uh, I just went with Sean Payton at one because he was coach. Uh, he's been a head coach longer than Bruce Arians. And then number three, I went with Matt Rule and Carolina. Uh, they only had five wins, but I think that record was kind of deceiving, as I believe they were more competitive than what their record showed. And then number four, I went with Atlanta. Like you said, Arthur Smith, this is his first NFL head coach job. So we don't really know how it's going to go.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess I'll come right back to you, mette I guess on your totals, uh, what's your total ranking first to fourth?
1: Yeah. So Tampa Bay is obviously number one for me. Uh, they're very stacked, well-rounded in pretty much every position. And then I went with New Orleans at two. I just have some depth concerns for them at the skills position. And then number three, I went with Carolina. Uh, I think they're close with the Panthers. I mean, not the Panthers, sorry, the Falcons. But I think I like their youth over the Falcons a bit more. And then, yeah, that's why I had the Falcons at four. I don't like their defense, really, and... I don't know. I don't really see much improvements in their defense. So we'll just have to wait and see.
0: All right. And then getting to you, Nate, I guess, uh, what order did you have?
3: So I guess in kind of um for the totals, I put uh, Tampa Bay first. And I put uh, the Saints second by a very, I guess, close margin of one point. I put the Falcons at third and I put the Panthers at fourth. Um, I guess the margin was a little bit farther for the Panthers and kind of the rest of the teams, but I'd like to say that I think the Panthers are, I think, better than it, it looks like on my rankings, even though they're um, fourth overall.
0: Yeah, I think I was pretty close to you, except it was the other way around. I had the Saints ahead of the box pretty much by just one point. I was surprised by that. I just, I, I like a lot of the positions that the Saints have going, I guess. Um, and then uh, Falcons, I have at number three. And then Panthers, I have at number four um, for the reasons. Um, I, I guess uh, the reasons mainly they have. Uh, a better offense and the Panthers. Um, you know, they have better special teams, that kind of thing. So I think that sort of just pushed them over the edge for me. And then yeah, Carolina at fourth. But uh Terry, let me get to you.
2: Uh if you ain't realized that I guess Bucks at one, we can all agree on that. Uh Saints at two, just a little just a little bit off the bucks, you know, something like that. I got an ATL, Lemon Pepper area, I got them at third, and then Carolina down at fourth. Um, honestly, I feel like Carolina's offensive line is gonna haunt them this year. And Sam Darnold, I mean, he came off a of mono. Hopefully he you know, does better compared to the Jets. I mean, that's the storyline we're all looking for. But um, if you, I don't know, honestly, I feel like the Jets' offensive line is better than the Carolina Panthers' offensive line. And it's going to haunt them this year coming to Carolina.
0: All right, let's just take a look uh, to finish off at the division, um, I guess, projected record here. Um, Terry uh, let me start with you I know you always have a lot of controversy when it comes to your divisional record so let's see what you got for this division
2: See, it's not really controversy I mean I mean uh, you could consider it a controversy Bucks 5-1 Nola 5-1 I got uh, Atlanta 2-4 and and then Carolina 0-6 honestly you want an explanation
0: yeah, maybe a bit of explanation on the 0 6.
2: Um, I mean the offensive line. I I guess I'm one of the guys that like always want to see like a tremendous offensive line, especially for a guy that is coming off of a bounce back. Like for example, Sam Darnold. He just came from the Jets, and then if you don't improve the offensive line, he's just going to experience the same exact problem he did with down uh East Rutherford. Honestly. I think me, Mente, you, even Nathan, could agree that the Panthers have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. I mean, hopefully they improve it, so Sam Darnold has the easier time. But honestly, I can't see them like amounting anything from Robbie Anderson or their other wideouts to get pressure off of run CMC. But outside of that, uh, that's my reasoning.
0: All right, and uh, Nate, now just getting to you on your projected records.
3: So I guess for my uh, record projection, I put um, the Bucks four and two, uh, both the Saints and the Falcons with three and three, and I put the Panthers at two and four. Um, I think the Bucks they're gonna uh, win in their division this year. I'm just not sure if they're gonna completely dominate it, so I put it at four and two. Um, The Saints, um, like I said, they're good every year. It's just that we kind of, this is the first year that um, Drew Brees isn't around. So we're going to kind of have to see how the organization kind of um, moves uh, forward um, without Drew Brees. But uh, they shouldn't have too much of a problem. So I put them at three and three. And I put the Falcons at three. And three is as well um i think they're a decent team but i guess we'll just have to um see how well they play against the rest of the division um for the panthers they do have some really good uh talent christian mccaffrey um dj moore uh they have sam darnold i think he's um better than i guess it looks like i know he didn't have um, a good time on the Jets, but he should be able to have some improvement, but uh, like Terry said, uh, the offensive line's not gonna really be doing him too many favors. so he, he might end up having a rough uh, a rough uh, year, but hopefully it's not as um, bad as it could be.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Mette, just getting to you on your projected divisional records.
3: Yeah, so
1: Tampa Bay, I went with 5-1. and one. They're going to lose to the Panthers at the end of the season, if anything, because they'll probably be resting their uh, starters. I believe they'll have a bye or the division locked up and nothing to play for in that last week. And then the Orleans, I actually went 2-4 and four for them. I think they lose to the Bucks twice. I think they split with Carolina and Atlanta. So that gives them a two and four record. And then I went Carolina three and three. I think they're going to split with every team. And then uh, Atlanta, I went two and four. They'll probably lose to the Bucks twice, uh, split with Carolina and New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I think the main thing that I disagree with what you said is the Bucks losing the last game of the season. I think this team's going to be 16-0 and 0 heading into that game. And Brady, you know him trying to get his perfect season. He ain't resting for that game, boys. He's going all in. The guns will be rolling. They'll be blazing. That team's going to win. They're going to be 17-0 at the end of the regular season, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. So I have them going 6-0, steamrolling this division, boys. And then uh, taking a look at the, the Saints, I uh, have them going 3-3. and 3. Obviously, um, losing both games to the Bucs this time around, uh, losing one in Atlanta, and I have them beating Atlanta at home and uh, being the Panthers at home and in Carolina as well. Um, and then for the Falcons, I have them going two and four. Uh, they get wins against the Panthers and against the Saints, but they lose in Tampa Bay, in New Orleans, against Tampa Bay, and in Carolina. Um, and then for the Panthers, I have them going one and five. Uh, their only one in the division I have is at home against Atlanta. Uh, their other losses are uh, in New Orleans, uh, in Tampa Bay, in Atlanta, and then versus Tampa Bay and New Orleans. So uh, those are my uh, projected records. Um, and I guess uh, just before we close up, I'll start with you, Terry. Any last thoughts on this division?
2: I don't really have any last thoughts. Hopefully Sam Darnold has a competitive year compared to his years down in the Jets uh honestly I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold supporter but I mean I'm always hopeful for a comeback story same with uh James Winston down in Nola outside of that I mean hopefully this is more competitive compared to what you said as the Bucks rolling the whole entire division but uh these are just predictions right
0: yeah for sure I mean um I I'm surprised, I guess, with how high I sort of ranked the saints. I feel like that giving them a three and three record might not have been the best thing, but yeah, this team has a lot of strong pieces in place, even without Drew Brees. Um, I know their offense kind of questionable, but on the defensive side, special teams, coaching, like they just have everything together. This saints team, I feel like we might be sleeping on them a little bit. They might actually have a chance to be a playoff team again. And um, I guess need any last thoughts on this division.
3: Um, I feel like um, this division is um, a little bit closer than it could look like um I guess both three of those teams Falcons bucks and Saints um I think in terms of like um, just an overall organization all three of them are uh, pretty good organizations um it's just with the the Panthers um I guess it's going to be hard to see um, what they can do against the rest of the division. For them, it's going to be kind of... They're going to be like the underdogs um, every game. So um, hopefully they'll be able to pull off a couple of upsets.
0: And then I guess, Mette your last thoughts on the division.
1: Uh, I kind of disagree with Nate. I think this division won't be too close. I think, like you said... The Bucks should stream, steamroll this division now that Drew Brees is gone. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the Saints can be a wild card team, but I don't know. I think I am one of those guys who you said is sleeping on the Saints. And, yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes down.
0: All right. That's pretty much the end of the NFC South uh, division preview and this episode of fanatics football. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at fan, fan podcast. It's going to be the end of our NBA picks uh, for the last few games of the finals. So definitely go check those out. Um, we're also on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. Make sure you like subscribe, share, uh, click the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. And uh, guys, thanks again uh, for this recording. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.